This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall, the Gold Sheep, talking some college hoops Saturday. Busy, busy card day before the Super Bowl. Brucey, real quick, though, who you got the Super Bowl? Uh, Kansas City, a uh, little bit. Um, although, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's not as fun to write up these games with two good teams. I, I miss the regular season when I can make fun of Denver and Atlanta and teams like that. So um, you got to be serious about a Super Bowl. A little bit to Kansas City, but hey, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I uh, I think so uh, as well. Let's get to the, uh, the, the college basketball. And we're going to start at the 2 p.m. Eastern tip-off on Fox. Uh, Big East game, you know, the, the Big East on Fox and FS1. The all of a sudden, uh, red hot Creighton Blue Jays. They are on a roll right now, winning and covering machine. They do it again uh, on uh, on Wednesday night, coming from a seven or eight point deficit in the second half to roll away uh, at the end. Uh, the lefty with the headband was uh, dropping them down left and right. Creighton back home at Omaha, where it's a sellout every night. About five, projected about five point favorites against the UConn Huskies. Right now, I mean, they're they're a top ten team right now. They're playing like a top ten team. They may not be there in the rankings, and they had those losses in December, uh, six straight. Three of those, Kalkbrenner, the center, didn't play, and um, and missed part of some other games there. So they did have a loss to Nebraska when Kalkbrenner played. I know that, but I think they've sort of gone beyond that. And I think the selection committee, uh, I mean, they they will. They will downgrade some losses uh, if if a key player is out, especially if he's come back and the team has picked up where it was before uh, the key player was hurt, in this case, Kalkbrenn. Remember, uh, it, back in Maui in November, they were right to the end against uh, Arizona in the final. So yeah. they're pretty well accomplished. And they've won seven straight right now. Only dropped well, one of those against the line. So They've picked up the pace really nice right now, and I, I think this team could move into protected seed territory, which, which means one through four. In their case, maybe a, maybe a four by the time we get to Selection Sunday. We'll see. Uh, but the first game against Connecticut, that's still when UConn was still that this early season version of UConn. They did have a loss at that point, but it was in early January still. Uh, 69-60, to 60, UConn <clears throat> won that game in stores. Uh Creighton didn't shoot the ball in that game. I mean, they were only two for 16 on their triples. They're above 35%. Not great, but not bad on the year. But that game, they were bad. This is a team that shoots better than 47% um, for the year, only 33%. That game, Kalkbrenner had some foul trouble. Trey Alexander, who's really turned into a a star, and he scored 27 uh, two games ago. Uh, He's only three for 14 in that game. 
I don't think that's going to repeat. Connecticut has turned things around a little bit. That was a nice run over Marquette the other night. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it was at home. Uh, before that, they had sort of feasted on the bottom level of the Big East in the previous two weeks here. So I'm not quite sure that Connecticut's all the way back yet. I'm just going to ride Creighton here, Jimmy, until they don't do it. So this shouldn't be too prohibitive a price. Let's do it with the Blue Jays. Yeah, hey, I'll get you. I'll throw you another one too, Bruce, because you're such a gentleman. Uh, I think that five is going to be a high point. I think that's going to come a little bit a tick under. Of that five when it comes out uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I think it'll yep. be maybe four, uh, but we'll, we will see uh, when uh, that comes out. So that's at uh, 1 p.m. Both Bruce and I like the Creighton Blue Jays. My buddies in Omaha, were they were very, very high on his team. They look great uh, in Maui. A high-level game against Arkansas in the semis, high-level game in the finals, lose by two against Arizona. And then they had a little bit of a Maui kind of hangover, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, went on a six-game losing streak. But they got things fixed. They're healthy, and they are rolling. That was impressive. Seton Hall was game uh, on Wednesday night. Yep. All right, let's go to the 4 o'clock tip Eastern time on ESPN. Virginia uh, back home. They get the win and a cover this week against NC State by 13. Uh, we're looking at about a five, five-and-a-half-point favorite uh, at home against Duke. Yeah, you know, and, and Duke, now maybe that game on a Big Monday was just uh, uh, at, at Miami. Uh, that They just went flat, maybe, um, and Monday or Tuesday when it was. But they, they just went flat after the North Carolina game. And that's happened before to Duke. Um, but this young team, I, I don't know that they were able to – that was a tough bounce back for them. They really put a lot into that uh, North Carolina game. And it was kind of a grinder, too. So they just were never in that game against uh, Miami. But, you know, you look at Duke here. I mean, John Shire, four freshmen, you know, started in that game down at Miami. And they're going to need the one non-freshman to play a lot better than he did Monday. I'm talking about Jeremy Roach. And he had uh, he had the previous games before Miami. He scored, what, 20 against North Carolina and 21 the game before that. But he was not effective on... Uh, down in Miami, and when he's not, and he, and he's got to sort of be the leader, and in the, in the backcourt especially, I mean, they're going to struggle. And oh, by the way, they've dropped ten of their last thirteen spread decisions too. So this has been kind of tough. We're going to go uh, give Virginia a shot here. Watch uh, Jalen Gardner; he's scoring a lot of points lately. Nice win over NC State the other night. So let's give Virginia a shot here. Uh, Bruce and, and Roach was uh, so so big for them in that Final Four run last year. I mean, he yeah. really, really took, uh, you know, took him to another level, was really uh, on fire. He was feeling it, man. He was in critical spots in the game. He would just beat his man and create uh, by himself, but not the yes. case uh, this year. They're kind of lining up to get a piece of Duke this year. So UCLA and Oregon, tricky spot here for a couple of uh, ranked teams. First of all, we'll go to uh, uh, Oregon. This is a late one on ESPN, 10 o'clock Eastern tip-off uh, Again, on the, the four-letter company, UCLA. Look at about a pick, maybe one here at home against Eugene. Dana Altman's Ducks are playing better as of late. They are, and uh, there are some uh, intervening games here before we get to this one uh, for these two. But uh, in recent years, now, UCLA did get Oregon the first meeting uh, back in early January, but Oregon covered that one. And uh, that's five straight that uh, Dana has covered against uh, Cronin. They're four and one in those games. They, they've had hmm. UCLA's number the last couple of years. So this is a big weekend for Oregon. If they, there is still an at-large path there. That 
the, the win over Arizona uh, still kind of resonates. They got Bill Walton on board. Um, he's singing their praises. Um, now, since they got healthy again with uh, Cousinard, the South Carolina transfer, and Bartholomew from Colorado, the guards, they both came back to active duty in January. And they've played better since. They've won four of their last six. Um but they've got size and some athleticism, too. You figure Richardson and, and Garrier, and those are the sort of teams that have bothered uh, UCLA this year. USC certainly bothered them. Illinois bothered them. Uh, Baylor bothered them back in Las Vegas in late November. UCLA did get there against Washington State last week, but they've had some troubles covering numbers. I think this has been a tough matchup. This has been a tough matchup for UCLA in recent years. And I think Oregon can get them here. I still think there's a there's a run here in, in the Ducks. So I'm going to take Oregon and take Altman to do it again against Mick Cronin. Like I said, he's had his number in recent years. All right. Uh, so uh, Oregon uh, in that one. Indiana, talking about a team that's playing good basketball. They're on a roll. They're ranked. Uh, they're going to Ann Arbor, who's put a couple of victories together uh, and, um, and kind of uh, get to a spot now. Again, so Ohio State on Sunday, and then on Wednesday night, uh, they rolled uh, as well. Uh, five, uh, 6 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. This is another one's going to be pick maybe one for the Hoosiers. I am old enough to remember when these two played in a national title game, uh, ah. 1976. Do you uh, remember John... the regular season game, though, Bruce, in 76? Yes, I do. The second one, I do. I remember both of them. Yeah. And the second yeah. one, overtime, and they were Indiana was darn lucky, and that tip in at the buzzer by Benson got them into overtime, and they were fortunate to win. And the first game that season, they jumped out eighteen to two on Michigan, and Michigan came back and almost got them with Ricky Green. And then they were leading in the final game at halftime too, thirty-five twenty-nine, and Indiana got them in the second half. Ancient history there, I know, but uh, so maybe Michigan can uh, can get some revenge 47 years later. We'll see. You're right about Indiana playing extremely well. Eight of nine, they've moved themselves up the seeding ladder. I mean, they're probably on the 6-7 line, I think, right now, if we had to project into the brackets for Selection Sunday. And Trace Jackson Davis, you know, he's making a run, you know, Big Ten, and well, Edie's going to be there. It's him or Edie, and the Big Ten is the MVP. He's led them in scoring eight of the last nine games, scored over 30 a couple of times there. It's very hard to stop. But I'm liking what I'm seeing from Michigan here. I think they've turned things around, and uh, it's a little more urgent for them. Uh, they're moving back on the bubble and maybe toward the edge of the field right now. Uh, but it's not just Dickinson. Dickinson's the, Hunter Dickinson, the best non-Zach Edie big guy in the Big Ten. He's scoring about 20 per game. But he's gotten some help here. Jet Howard, the freshman, uh, he's led them in scoring in a few games. Buffkin has led them in scoring a couple of times. And uh, a couple of uh, three nice wins in a row here for Michigan. Really looked good against uh, Nebraska the other night, too. I'm going to give the Wolverines a shot here at home. They've been tough to beat at Ann Arbor. I think they might get them here. So let's take Michigan uh, to continue this mini roll. The last undefeated national champion, 1976, uh, Indiana. Phil Hubbard and Ricky Green, is that right, uh, for for Michigan? Yeah. That was Phil nine. Hubbard, Wayman. Wayman Britt, Steve Grody, oh yeah, it was a uh, it was a really good team, really good. No, I was nine years old, but I do remember uh, that. I do remember that uh, second game though, the regular season. Michigan did have yep. them beat Indiana. Was that that was the their biggest scare by far uh, of that '76 yes. season? All right, two p.m. Eastern tip. Uh, not a whole got to dig for this one. It'll be ESPN three coverage here, but you know, Bruce. Don't let that don't let the good uh the good manners fool you. This guy is a bully. He likes to kick a team when they're down. The poor Irish Bruce. You look at a lay six uh, at uh, at Notre Dame. 
Yeah, and you know, I wonder if 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 there was a stipulation when Mike Bray agreed to step down at the end of the season, if maybe they said, you know, Mike, but if you can't beat Georgia Tech, we might want you to step down early. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, no, they, they 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 couldn't do that. The other, it takes something to lose to Georgia Tech right now, um, but and they did the other night. Now they come back home. Uh, this has not been a plus for Notre Dame this season. They have played uh, 16 games at the Phil Purcell Pavilion. I worked for Phil Purcell once in my life, long time ago, when he was when I was a different career back in the 80s, and he was the president of Dean Witter. Okay, so they named the pavilion after him. Uh, and Notre Dame has only covered three of 16 at home this year, among their many problems they've had. Last year, Prentice Hub and Wesley really handled the ball almost the entire time last season, and they were good last year. Without those two guys, they've really missed something this year, and Starling, the freshman, has been very in and out, but they've missed Hub's presence. He was a four-year starter at point guard. They miss Wesley. They just haven't had it, and they're, they're kind of soft this year, too. Defense, boards, not that good. Virginia Tech, the other, now they are on the edge of the uh, bubble right now. That hurt them, losing that game to BC the other night. They cannot afford They lose this yeah. one, they drop off the bubble. But Basili, the big 6'9 transfer from Wright State, who can go outside and shoot, scored 33 the other night. He has had some big games lately. Uh, their problem uh, the other night were the uh, it was a three-point shooting. Really, really bad. Um, Couture and Padula, only 5 for 18 combined. They've got to do better than that. They will here. I think they'll get Notre Dame. Notre Dame at... This has not been a home court that's worked for them. This is not a good team this year. I'll lay the points with Virginia Tech in a big, urgent spot for them to get back in the win column. Yeah, that killed them, man. Knocked their NET from 50 to 55. Uh, you know, 40s is sort of the bubble range for NET, which is a tool they heavily uh, lean on. Does the selection committee, multiple sele- former selection committee members have told us, uh, have told us that. Um, but they're a good team, Bruce. They, I mean, yep. they can't, yes, they can't, but they, yeah, they may take out their frustrations. I like the spot. I like the spot. Not that you need my, my, uh, my blessing on this and, uh, and South Bend, but I'll give it to you. I'll tell you what, since we're into blessings, we'll go move from one uh, Catholic campus to another. Let's go to Villanova in Pennsylvania. They snapped their losing streak, uh, this past week, um, and uh, as they win, but uh, Justin Moore, it's, he's played four games since Providence. Uh, they lose a tight one. They were very game, very competitive. It was kind of a tough luck ATS loser at Marquette when they lost by nine. They come back and played the Creighton team that we talked about in Omaha. Very tough, easily cover there. And then they blew, uh, blew out, uh, help me out. I'm forgetting uh, this week. Uh, they went easily uh, in cover. Justin. DePaul. Yeah, DePaul. Uh, in that, that game, they were down early. Justin Moore, four straight game, four games, four straight where his, his uh, minutes and his point production are up. This is a guy that's had a taste of the Final Four. This is the, look, this team's not doing much, but they lean on him for some leadership. I like this spot. I don't know if I'm, I'm taking over for you, Bruce, and breaking down the game. Sorry. But 8 o'clock tip on FS1 Villanova. We're looking at about a three-point favorite at home against Seton Hall. It's it's usually not good when we think alike. But <laughs> I, I, I think we sort of are here. Um, by the way, the Catholic. It's, I want we, we should consult the Vatican here because uh, Seton Hall is Catholic too. Um, That's right. I think you're right here on Villanova, and I've been looking to go with them 
lately here because of Moore. Now, his numbers still aren't great, but uh, they will be. And uh, this was their best player before he tore his Achilles last year in the Elite Eight against Houston. And they were hoping he'd come back maybe in December, but the rehab took a little bit longer. So he's finally come back here in the last couple of weeks. And even though his numbers haven't been great, Villanova's performances are getting better and they're starting to cover numbers. And I thought that was very important, the way they extended that margin the other night against DePaul. Uh, Caleb Daniels had to do a lot more uh, in Moore's absence. Now, he can kind of slide back into his old role, but they can. he's a real good jack-of-all-trades out on the perimeter. And Cam Whitmore, this freshman forward, maybe one of the top five recruits in the country. Um, and he's been somewhat inconsistent right now, but I, I think they, they thought maybe the focus was on him a little bit too much, and maybe he needs to settle into a little bit more of a secondary role where he can flourish. Uh, he has flashed some real upside. So I, I think Villanova's a go with here. I, I don't want to knock Seton Hall any because I thought they sort of pulled themselves back onto the bubble recently, and I like the job Shaheen Holloway has done. I like good in the portal bringing Alamir Dawes up from uh, Clemson. He's a Newark native, so he, that's worked out very well for the Hall. But uh, they fell short against Creighton in the other night, and they're going to have a hard time staying on the bubble here because there's a lot of tough games still in the Big East like this one. Um, I'm going to ride Villanova here, Jimmy, and uh, until they don't cover a game. I have a feeling this is one of these teams we can catch kind of early, and we're just going to make more positive contributions as this, the uh, weeks go along here. So let's go with Nova here. You know, uh, Bruce Marshall and Wes Reynolds would be our uh, my, my t- team captains for our Jeopardy team here. Bruce, uh, see, uh, uh, Butler and, and – um, Oh, gosh. UConn, the only non-Catholic schools in the Big East? Uh, yes, I believe you you're go. right. There you go. I believe you're right. Catholic yeah. colleges for 800, Alex. All right, let's move on. Or should we say <laughs> Aaron Rodgers? All right, Marquette, stay in the Big East. Stay with this guy. This goes noon tip-off ES um, on noon tip-off Eastern time on Fox Sports 1, FS1. Uh, this could be a big number, double digits, uh, 13 range maybe, 148 uh, in, uh, in D.C. at Georgetown. Here we go again. More Catholics. These are the Jesuits, and I've sent a lot of money there. It's, uh, <laughs> kids at Santa Clara and Loyola Chicago. So uh, I have some uh, credentials here with these. How about this? The hottest point spread team in the Big East right now, it's actually not Creighton. We talked about them a second ago. It's Georgetown. Georgetown's covered seven in a row, Jimmy. What really? is going on here? Okay. Yeah. Um, Patrick Ewing, now we'll see, you know, if he, if he sticks around. Um, I don't know. Uh, but they're playing better, and he's he's made some adjustments here. Now, all of these these, guy, the, the, these guys in the backcourt and uh, with Primo and, 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 and the guards, the transfers are, are, are good. Kudus Wahaba, a boomerang transfer down in the paint, came back to Georgetown from Maryland. I mean, the the parts have been greater than the sum all year for 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 Ewing. Um, the the problem he's had is defense. Those those guards don't play much defense, and and they have really been been hurt on the stop in this year. But look what Ewing's done here in the last couple of weeks. They have really slowed the pace down. And sometimes you see coaches do that. That's that's one way to sort of protect your defense a little bit, limit the possessions the other way, 
and and look at look at what's going on. The pace of Georgetown's games have really slowed in recent weeks, and they're hanging within some numbers against some uh, good teams. I mean, Providence the other night couldn't get over the number. Providence is potent. We've talked about them before. Yeah. Couldn't quite get over that big number. Um, UConn, the, and that was a close game with UConn uh, the other day. Creighton, as good as Creighton's played lately, they couldn't get over the number against Georgetown last week. So these games are now in the 60s. And I wonder, you know, we've extolled Marquette's virtues all season long. I wonder if they're in a little bit of a low. That was not a good effort at UConn the other night, and maybe they bounce back. Uh, and we know we've talked all season long. I, I, I love what Shock has done with this team. But you're asking them to cover a pretty big spread here on the road in mid-February against a team that's starting to play a little bit better uh, and slowing the pace. So here's a double recommendation here. On Georgetown, looking for its eighth straight cover and the under. So I think we're probably in the high 140s here. Uh, going to be close to 150. They're, they're still kind of putting Georgetown's totals where they were before Ewing started to slow the pace uh-huh. down. And the fact, Mar- Marquette's scoring a lot of points, too. They went over the other night against UConn. So it'll be high enough where we can go under in this one and do a little parlay action under in Hoyas here. Interesting. Uh, yeah, even though uh, the Hoyas have lost 14 of their last 15, uh, the seven straight against the spread, uh, and uh, definitely the last four as well. Uh, the last four games, they're averaging uh, 132.5 points a game so way below that projected uh, total we may see some movement uh, on that one look for that one when it comes out to, on friday afternoon so talking about totals i uh, don't overthink it huh grand canyon what's that streak up to now in totals uh they go to seattle on uh, saturday looking at a total maybe in the low 140s yeah it's 15 in a row over this is the longest streak point spread or totals in the country right now. And I this this is one of the darndest streaks I ever remember, Jimmy, because normally when a team goes on one of these streaks, especially against the spread like that, uh, I mean, it might be like a Gonzaga that's scoring 90-plus points every game, uh, big-time offense, pace fast in these games. That's not the case here. This is, this is team scoring about 73 points per game for Bryce Drew. I mean, in the games and the, the the totals. I mean, this low 140s. This is about as high as the totals have gotten for for Grand Canyon. So, what's going on? Why are these games going over? I'll tell you. Um, Drew and some other coaches in this league really are good at extending games at the end. You don't see Drew when they're behind. If they're behind eight, ten, three and a half, four minutes to go, they're not letting the other team exhaust the clock on every possession. They'll go out and they'll start fouling you. And there's some others. Stephen F. Austin does it in this league. New Mexico State does it. Cal Baptist, some others. They are good at extending games. So even though these games are pacing slower, they're usually within range. I mean, these teams are not that much better than the other in the WAC. And you can, they're, they're still close enough. Either way, they start fouling early. That's the key to overs. Because that, 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 that can turn the games in the la- look at some of the, the points in the last few minutes in these games are yep. really incredible. And it's the same thing every time they extend the games. Drew was good at that. He may have to do it here up in Seattle. Seattle was playing really well earlier in the season. And they've gone on a little bit of a funk lately here. But they they play it sort of the same way. And these, I'm telling you, until Grand Canyon doesn't do it, this is 15 straight and almost every one of these. That Stephen F. Austin game was much higher scoring last weekend. The other night against New Mexico State, the same thing. It looked like it wasn't going to go over. Same thing, down the stretch. It was New Mexico State doing a lot of fouling late. 
and that thing got over again. These teams right. extend the mark, they extend the games. I'm telling you, I'm going to keep going over until it doesn't happen with Grand Canyon. All right, uh, so Grand Canyon over that total. Look for it to be uh, in the low 140s. Georgetown plus double digits at home against Marquette. They've covered seven in a row. The under in that one as well. That should be in the high 140s there, averaging about 132-133 the last four games total score. Villanova, both Bruce and I like Villanova, minus uh, projected three at home against Seton Hall. Virginia Tech, minus the six, uh, roughly six there. Michigan at home uh, around a pick. Oregon at home around a pick. Virginia, a minus five, five and a half at home against Duke. And Creighton, maybe maybe lower, but we'll say all the way up to minus four, minus five in that one. Bruce Mars, excellent stuff. Uh, he's like He likes Kansas City as well, along with Jonathan Von Tobel and Randy McKay. Uh, for Bruce Marshall, the Gold Sheet, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.